This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. And without further ado, we have to hear some words of, of inspiration. From so, you know, you really don't need, you need heavy, heavy advertisement for a product that has milas and chasronos, and something that has so much good to it, I, I don't know that I could add much to it. Um, every aspect about a seed program is wonderful. And, and being able to, to just add something to it is what for? I mean, it's, it's, it's win, 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 win situation every way possible. But the whole thing is um, try, try to add one or two points that I think are important. It, it, and, and sometimes when you're able to frame what's special about it and why it's so important, it helps you look for it. It helps you focus on it. So the first thing is I would like to segue from what I said, Shabbos. We spoke about Torah being um, Mesoris. We spoke about the limitations of Rabbi Artscroll. We didn't discuss Rabbi Google, but Rabbi Artscroll we did talk about. And, and we said that it, it, Torah itself like everything in this world has a physical shell and a spiritual content. The physical shell are the words. The, the spiritual content is the explanation. It's the person speaking it and saying it and, and giving over the intangibles that only a person can do by saying it. Um, any type of studying that a person does on his own is wonderful, but you're always just... Um, you're able to read the words. You don't have the ability to hear it, to get that sense. Having the boys here and being able to learn Chavrusa with, with, with these young men gives a tremendous um, ability to hear an authentic voice. How does a person who himself has learned in yeshivas and has rebeim, how does he explain something? How does he phrase something? How does he frame something? Um, I once uh, saw a fascinating haskama, an approbation given on a sefer. I, I know, I think I know who wrote the sefer. I really, really wish I'd remember the name of it. Um, it's, I found it in my brother-in-law's house. He had hundreds and hundreds of people sent in, and I was around and picked it up. Somebody had written a sefer, a contemporary person, written a sefer on... The halachic, in, in, in what we would call in yeshiva the lumdus of a uh, of a sugya, which is the deep halachic analysis of a sugya, and this person wrote it in extremely modern language, a sort of borrowed language, uh, um, and that's what he wrote it. He has a haskama in the beginning from somebody whose name was Michael Feinstein. He was a cousin of Moshe Feinstein. He was the brisker of son-in-law. A huge Talmud Chacham, one of the great Rosh Hashivas and who passed away probably a decade ago or so. And he writes a fascinating Haskama. He says the points that this person makes are really on mark. And, you know, his analysis is good. He says, but I must add something. He says, my Mesoruses, our Mesoruses, that the clothing of Torah is part and parcel of the Torah itself. And to use a language that hasn't been cut to size, 
It's not the language that belongs for it. It's the deficiency. And therefore, he takes somewhat issue with the person's choice of language, and so on. That's something that's very hard, because when you read something, you frame it in your own words, in your own language. When you're able to hear it from somebody who's learning it in the yeshiva, real time, live, it gives you a sense of the flavor of the words, um, the, the right phrasing of it, the right giving over it, those intangibles that you couldn't possibly get on your own with no matter how many stacks of farm you have. So that's sort of a continuation of what we had spoken about Shabbos. I want to add another point that we didn't speak about Shabbos. There's a Gemara. The Gemara says in Erevin, Chayim heim lemotzi ehem, that Torah is life-giving for those, the word, the way it says, lemotziom, um, those who find Torah, it's life-giving. The Gemara says, Al-Tikra l'motziyom ehem. Not the people who find Torah only. It's not just generally finding Torah. It's people who bring it out bedibur. People that enunciate it. So, and people make a mistake. When you translate the word kore in English... It's, it was not a mistake, but the association is wrong. Kori means to read, but not reading in the library sense. Kori means reading like Chazun reads, like about Kriya reads. It means enunciating the words. That's what the primary meaning of the word Kori is. Um, the Gemara will say that the Eved Yeyot say, if you don't bring it, certain things, you don't say if you don't say it, you don't say if you just think in your heart or, or whatever it is. But the primary meaning of Kriya is with your mouth. And the Iker Hilchas Torah, in Halacha, the Iker learning is with your mouth. There's a question about thinking in Torah without brachos, or if you're in a situation that you're not supposed to think and so on. The primary definition of study is with your mouth, and your and and thinking about it is possibly a secondary definition of it. The um, the reason for it, and I'd like to, again, I I mean this is the way the halacha is, but we spoke last time that man's primary chius, man's life force, is breathing. And man's primary distinctive feature is speech. Very, very famous uncleus. Everyone knows it. It says, Man became a living soul. He says, A soul that can speak. Why is that? I mean, we would hope that intelligence is a better mark of a person than speech. If I say about somebody who talks a lot, but he's not terribly bright, it's not a compliment. You know, when I say about somebody who's very, very bright, but has few words, it actually it might even quite be a compliment. So what does it mean that... So the answer is speech has in itself two characteristics that we're referring to. One is that it's the ability to bring out in more concrete terms what you think is not part of this world. Thought doesn't occupy place, it's not sensed by anything, and it's not part of a physical world. Speech has a place, it, it, it has an effect, 
and therefore man's primary um, myla over angels and other beings is that he can take concepts, ideas, and bring them into this world. And formulating it with speech is, a very, is, is the way to do it. So one element of saying out something is you're concretizing an idea, which means you've made it real. A second, and maybe more important, this is the point that I'd like to make, you're integrating it with your life force. Since speech, since breathing, so what you think affects you, it, it, it sort of, it, it begins to trickle down. But you are the, are the speaker because your breath of life is becoming one with the words of Torah. And that's the incredible power of speaking. And that's why Chazal tell us that if a person um, speaks out the Torah, he says them out, he doesn't forget them quickly. Same Gemara says. And the reason is forgetting and remembering Yes, some people have these photographic memories and they remember every odd thing. We tend to, to be very selective. Things that are important to us, we remember. Kids never ever forget they're going to go on a trip tomorrow. They really remember they have homework or assignment to do, except right before they're getting into the car. That's usually the, that's, that's the, 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 um, the, how the memory works. It's things that a person feels aligned with and tied up with. Those are the things that, that he remembers because they're him. They're not just some random piece of information that he's got to carry around with him. So when a person speaks out the Torah, it integrates much better with him. I remember I, I went to a school that was, for lack of a better word, schizophrenic. It had two personalities, the, the English department and the Hebrew department really unconnected. There was no one person on top of both, and each ran its own little fiefdom. It was an old school. It served a huge population in New York, and like in those days, they did it. there was no real head, head, head of school that sort of integrated, so we would get mixed messages. And in the morning, the Rebbe would say, don't sit like stones, shake back and forth, say out the Gemara, sing it out, so on and so forth. In the afternoon, the teachers would be horrified. Sit still. Don't use your lips. Use your eyes only, and so on. That, that was the, the, the message as we got. Um, and the truth is, when you use your mouth and your body and self into it, it becomes something that is a, a, um, it's a tremendous, it, it integrates in you. It's difficult when you have somebody giving a share and a few people sitting there, Many people sitting there, you can't really have everybody participate without it becoming chaotic. I mean, you hope every so often somebody's a question or something, but 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 it's not doesn't lend itself to that type of learning, and you miss out. So even when you hear a share and you get some of the benefits of hearing somebody, but you don't quite um, you, you 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 sit passively, and most people a have a hard time concentrating, certainly a hard time remembering and really integrating it. In yeshivas worldwide, the, 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 the method of study is with chavrusas. And the reason is because that really brings out the most. You have a conversation. So basically, you're talking and listening and talking and listening, and that's, that's the flow of it. Um, it's difficult because you need one-to-one -one ratios for that. 
doesn't not 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 uh, easy to have that type of staffing in a shul or any other base marriage. We're fortunate that the, this concept of a seed program, and maybe the young people here will explain it, but I can testify, and most of them, or maybe all of them, that they're really very good. They they I can I have it in writing, and, and they'll tell you what I mean exactly. The um, uh, and you have the chance to have that type of learning for um, 11 days. That's what, that's what the thing says. If you think 11 days is a short time, let me tell you what 11 days is. Klal Yisrael was supposed to go from Harsinai to Yisrael in 11 days. That's what the Pasuk says. Rashi learns a little differently. Rambam learns like that. Rambam learns like that. In other words, f- from the starting point to the end point should have been 11 days. We messed up, so it took 40 years. But if you're not messing up, 11 days takes you straight to the promised land. You know, it's, it, it, that's, that's a Pusik. I'm, it's the second Pusik in, this, in today's, in today's Sedra. So, you, you know, you've, you've, got, you've got marching orders. Um, I, I really would encourage everybody, it, tremendously, this is it's a chance to, you know, this, this personal learning, the fact that it, it's, it's tailored to your, own, um, to, to your own pace and so on, obviously good. But the idea that you have the chance... To repeat it, to say over and ask if you're saying it well. To ask if you really understood it well. Is this the way you mean to say? Is this what you say? It, it's an incredible experience. We had in yeshiva by us. Uh, we have twice a year Yomi Yun. We invite the larger community to learn together, um, and it's about two hours of chavrusa learning, and then there's a shir and a few words afterwards. For many people who never had the chance to learn yeshiva. I've seen them walk out of the base of with a dazed look in their eyes. This is an experience like I never had before. So it's really an incredible experience. Um, it, it, and it's jump starts. Once you f- if you find learning to be enjoyable for a week or two, then, then you begin, it gives you a tremendous incentive to get into it. I also would like to speak to these young men who are, Baruch Hashem, accomplished. And uh, like I said before, I have it on, in writing. And, um, it, it, you know... It, it, Chazal, like in Torah, it's like a mother feeding a child. And whenever a child is there to be fed, the mother has milk. It works both ways. So if you, if you feed, you gain. In other words, the production of the milk to give, which is what Chazal tells us in the Torah, is in the giving. Um, one thinks, and it might be true about a, any type of secular uh, pursuit that if you study with peers only and you're sort of locked into yourself, then you'll do much better than if you tutor somebody far behind. It's true about other things because that's logical. Torah is a special gift that Kachrach gave us. And whatever we need in order to pass on, we produce. And it's a tremendous experience for you. I mean, Baruch Hashem is not the first day you're doing it, and I've heard only wonderful things but take note, um, someone once asked me, I was at a camp last year for Shabbos, a camp run by some of our boys from our yeshiva, a wonderful camp, and they had some questions answers with young boys, and a 12-year-old boy asks me, had he become a Rosh Yeshiva? That was his question. It was an interesting question. I told him, you know, I can't tell I know all of Shas, but I don't find ever that becoming a Rosh Yeshiva is a goal of noteworthy goal of any sort. What is extremely noteworthy is Harbatz's Torah, spreading of Torah. 
I said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a name. He's called a Malamit. HaMalamit Torah Amor Yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a Malamit. A Rosh Hashiva is, I don't know what you're fantasizing, but um, it has, Malamit is, is all that's important. And it makes no difference if you're sitting in the limelight or if you're sitting with a person who doesn't have the skills you have and help with the skills. One people, two people, three people. Harbasa's Torah means spreading Torah to other people. That's the, that's the greatest title a person can have. The, the other stuff is, is, just for the newspapers, they need a title, so for a flyer, they need a title, but it means nothing. Malama Torah Lama Yisrael is the greatest title a person can have. And the, there was a person, Rabbi Yosef Lissachanevracha, big tzaddik, very chashvah, Tom Kaufman, the mir. He came to Eretz Yisrael, he came after the war to America, and he came to Eretz Yisrael, and he went into Briskorov. And the Briskorov asked him, what do you do? You know, he's American, what do you do? He said, I'm a Malamed. He says, well, I, until now, I only met Rosh Hashivas from America. You're the first Malamed that I ever met. <laughs> um, being a Malamed is the greatest thing. Teaching to someone doesn't have is fulfilling Christ, bringing out the best in yourself, and, and, and being Domat HaKadosh So I wish everybody to bring out to bring out that, that life force, that energizing where you yourself participate. The idea of being an active partner and not just a passive listener is a different world. Encourage your husbands, encourage your children, encourage whoever you can to, to do it. Um, and I and Bez Hashem, this is, it, if you start being the Lama Lama Yisrael at a young age, it's, it's a chinuch to, you should become a Lama Lama Yisrael. That's, that's the greatest bracha I could possibly give. It's, it's the bracha I wish for myself. The stuff I do besides teaching is, is a burden, not a pleasure. The teaching is, is what it is. And, and Bez Hashem, you should all, you should all be zeichet to be malam de Torah, and, and, and plant seeds in, in many, many people, Bez Hashem. I want to thank Rabbi Lopiansky also, and uh, also Yashkot Rabbi Roth for a tremendous uh, weekend in 